Cool. Let's go ahead and get started with this one. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so this is the Not Real Hope podcast. Okay. Uh, this one is is uh, basically the purpose of it is to document the life of Real Hope and get to know the people who are involved in it and what we are doing as a church in the community. And um, yeah, so who are you? What do you do here? And uh, I'll let you introduce yourself. Yeah. So my name is Zach Aikman. I'm the family pastor here at Real Hope. That's what I do. Uh, so I guess I'll give you, so, so well, I guess that, that just changed though, didn't it? It just changed the family pastor officially. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So, so what so were you before that? Before that I was a student pastor. So mm-hmm. all that means, um, is prior to November 1st, which mm-hmm. date of filming is what? what is <laughs> Today's the 8th. The 8th. So November a week 8th. Ago. I would have guessed seventh. So about a week ago, uh-huh. prior to about a week ago, it was, uh, my job to oversee anything and everything related to sixth to twelfth grade students, mm-hmm. but as of about a week ago, hey. it is now my role to, you know, anything and everything from birth through twelfth <laughs> grade, um, but also in that mm-hmm. not just like the kids themselves, but expanding that. <clears throat> that ministry as well to mm-hmm. the parents of mm-hmm. those students. Mm-hmm. So if you are a person mm-hmm. who is between zero minutes of mm-hmm. birth and graduating high school, <laughs> or if you have a child in that age range, then I'm your guy. So your job sounds like a, you, you went from a pediatric doctor to a family doctor is what that sounds like to me. I mean, yeah, except you say pediatric, you're like, before I took this on, I also like the kids that were younger than junior hires. I didn't really have. And, right. and being the student pastor wasn't just about being pastor to students. Like it is also about parents of students mm-hmm. in that age sure. range. Uh-huh. So I guess I, I probably undersold what I was doing before as yeah. though I just started having adults as part of my, mm-hmm. my engagement now. Um, but it was, you know, the, the students and families of, or parents of students, sixth to 12th grade. Now it's birth 12th grade. Um, and so, yeah, went from mm-hmm. really focusing on teenagers mm-hmm. and their parents to really <clears throat> focusing on any children mm-hmm. and their parents. Mm-hmm. So. What's interesting about this church, I, don't, I had a conversation with probably Dan earlier about this, but like in my mind, I need like a, like I'm thinking of like a younger church because everyone in this church is older compared to me. So I'm, I'm 21. How old are you? 24. 24. Okay. You're pretty young. Everyone else is like generally old. It's like all. It's like around thirty. I feel like is an average age for like the people that we hang out with. You know, like all the people, like all the younger people are like upper twenties to thirty. You know, sure. and so in my mind, I'm 21, and I'm like, I need people like my age, like proper. You know, yeah. And so I'm like, I need a younger church. But I realized re- after that conversation, what I actually need is an older church because there's not going to be any any like 20 year olds at a like a brand new church. You know. Yeah. Like it's like the, it's like a generational thing. So like older churches will have kids who will have been like grown and raised up in the church and then they're like older. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like this church is is about as young as a church that you can get because we're like literally populating it ourselves. <laughs> yes. Yeah, cuz <laughs> like, you you had said that you feel like we're an older church and I'm like or, or to you your perspective uh-huh, is one uh-huh. of the youngest. Oh, yeah, I was like I need a younger church. church than this to have younger people, but that's not it's the opposite. I need an older church to have people my age. Yes. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, because here's the thing like and Real Hope really is like an exceptionally young church on uh-huh, the whole, uh-huh. right? Yeah, that's what I realized from that thought process. 
Yeah, Real Hope is about as young as you can get yeah, of a church, uh-huh. right? And so if you want more, yeah, if you want a significant population of people in their early 20s, mm-hmm. there's two ways to achieve that, right? One way, it, because people are not, here's the thing, mm-hmm. people don't typically choose their own church mm. until they're out of high school. Mm-hmm. If right. they grow up in uh-huh. a family of believers, uh-huh. right? If they don't, then if they come to faith and want to start going to church, they can pick their church. Oftentimes they'll go to whatever church, like friends that they know their believers go to. Right. It totally makes, you know, makes sense. Mm-hmm. But if you grow up in the church, then you're going to go wherever your parents go until you graduate from high school, sure. typically at least. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, uh, for many people moving out of the house or going off to college or whatever is the first mm-hmm. time that they pick a church for themselves. Mm-hmm. So you either get a lot of people in the early 20s by getting a lot of people that are picking their own church for the first time mm-hmm. that all pick here, um, mm-hmm. that are literally on the very beginning, earliest mm-hmm. years of how right. young you can go uh-huh. of selecting your own church, mm-hmm. or you get people like Dan and Sad or whoever that sure. are older that have kids that grow up mm-hmm. that either choose for themselves to go to the church that their parents mm-hmm. were going to, or they are just, you know, like still living at home or still living in their, their hometown. And mm-hmm. so by default, they kind yeah. of just continue going where right. they always had gone. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that, I mean, we're a very young church, so we probably mm-hmm. could get more young people that mm-hmm. just choose to come here. Yeah. Um, but, by and large, most churches with a population of people in their early 20s in this area, because we're kind of in the suburbs, right? Mm-hmm. Most suburban churches mm-hmm. with people in their early 20s, let me caveat that way, mm-hmm. um, are going to the church that they grew up at, mm-hmm. which required, yeah, older people. Um, urban churches with populations in their early 20s are more often, you know, chosen by those people. I would think, I would imagine. Uh I I don't have, like, stats in front of me, right? Right. Yeah, so this church is very, like, not old, but, like, 30s, we'll call it, like, young 20s, 30s. Most people would say that's very young. You're just very young. I'm just just younger than that, and so relative to me, that's old. That's older, at least, not old. I don't actually think that's old. But, um, so there's that, and then there's, like, newborns. Yeah. <laughs> There's not really in between in this church. So like we don't have we don't really have many students like native here, I guess. Sure. Um so but you just came on. Um like at the beginning of this year. Yeah. D- um so what were you doing for a while? <laughs> that's a great no, that's a, great that's a weird way to put it, but you understand the question. Like Yeah. We, we, we didn't really have students, so what were you? So what is a what is a student so what does a student do? pastor at a church do? What does a family <laughs> pastor do of a church without young family? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's now that great. we have a fa- now that like you're a family pastor, it kind of makes more sense. But as a student pastor, yeah. What doing? So I was brought on um, because Real Hope has been, is, and, and I believe always will be a church that is very community oriented mm-hmm. has a heart for Rosenberg, Texas. And mm-hmm. so, um, when I got hired, were there, were we bursting at the seams with teenagers? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, but was our community bursting at the seams with mm-hmm. teenagers? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And so where I spend a lot of my time was either in the office, 
preparing for these types of things or in mm-hmm. reality going and doing uh, is trying to build connections with schools or other places where we see teenagers in our community and getting involved there on behalf of the church, mm-hmm. you know, as, as kind of a representative of Real Hope. Mm-hmm. So spending a lot of time like going into schools and mm-hmm. running, helping to build relationships with those teachers and administrators and students uh, after kind of building their trust, helping to start some sort of ministry to students in, in a given school and then running that ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the types of things. It was a lot more outward facing in mm-hmm. the community work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it still is a yeah. lot of that because we still don't have a ton of you know, students at the church. Mm-hmm. And um, even with younger kids, uh, we have a partnership that pre- predated me, but with mm-hmm. Travis Elementary in right. town that Louise helps oversee. And I've hopped on board and started helping more with that lately, mm-hmm. uh, just trying to connect with younger kiddos and their mm-hmm. families and trying to minister to them mm-hmm. where they're at yeah. if they're not here. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, what's specifically like? What exactly were you doing throughout the week? You mentioned um, you were substituting at other schools. Yeah, so I'd go a couple days a week, and I, I still try to fit that into my schedule now. It's mm-hmm. just a lot tighter. Mm-hmm. Um, but a couple days a week, I'm I would be at schools, um, serving, working as a substitute teacher there. So then, that's like my full work day is sure dedicated to mm-hmm. uh, whatever students I get to interact with that day coming through my classes and mm-hmm. trying to find opportunities to talk to other teachers and mm-hmm. administrators mm-hmm. at whatever school I'm at to try yeah. to build build a relationship there when I'm in the office because um, pretty quickly like starting February of this year mm-hmm. we had started our first like ministry to students in a school and so uh, I would spend my time mm-hmm. in the office prepping for those weekly events mm-hmm. and right? what was so, what was that ministry what was that uh so one of them that i was at this morning uh it's called swat students with a testimony at lamar junior high oh. that's the that's the school that we that mm-hmm. i've spent the most time uh-huh. in uh so on wednesday mornings i'll bring donuts for the kiddos mm-hmm. uh they'll come on in to the room we'll play a game mm-hmm. uh we'll eat donuts together well they will eat donuts i typically don't <laughs> and uh i'll teach like out of scripture sure um and we'll talk through that together. And so time during the week would be spent mm-hmm. prepping me- messages for that, prepping um, mm-hmm. games, you know, all of that, mm-hmm. uh, communicating with mm-hmm. you know teacher that lets me host in his room. Um, so that would be some of the time. Mm-hmm. Is um, that like like a Christian club of sorts? Yeah. Kind of? Is mm-hmm. how that works? Okay. Is that like before or after school? It's before school. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. I was over there this morning yeah. before, okay, yeah, before yeah, the work they started for here so um that was our first uh that's an example of one there's another school we were involved with as well um i would spend time during the week with various like there's a community mentoring program that i'm involved in that that has mentors uh provides mentorship for students in juvie like in juvenile Mm. detention so spend some time over there every week um and then spending time helping with practical student ministry related things, whether that be planning an event uh, to try to reach students in the community, or if there is an event that we're planning marketing for that event mm-hmm. uh, and promoting uh, marketing is a weird term, but promoting mm-hmm. it yeah, yeah. right in the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I listen well. to a lot of Gary Vee. So marketing feels very natural to me. <laughs> well, there <laughs> to you, <say>. go. <laughs> um, you know, so doing things like that or just like helping out with all of our other ministries. Mm-hmm. We're a small church and mm-hmm. um, a smaller staff team. And so, one of the things I love about smaller staffed 
churches is that your role is a lot less specialized. Mm. So you do, everyone does a lot more than their job description on paper. Right. Right. Uh So um, if you're at a church with a huge staff team, you're more specialized and you probably are just doing your thing Mm -hmm. because everybody has their niche here. uh, Everybody is helping everybody out from a staff perspective, right? Everybody's Mm -hmm. helping to, you know, try to, to work towards like the flourishing of the church in this community, um, regardless of if the specific task that they're doing at any mm-hmm. given moment is, you know, strictly within the limits of, of their description, which like I said, is extremely common. Any church with a small staff will tell you the same thing, sure, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you, the phrase that a lot of people like to use is you wear a lot of hats. Yeah. Um, I don't. I wear two hats. I have a black hat mm-hmm. and I have a brown hat. Yeah, and one of them's backwards. One of them. Well, I always wear them backwards. <laughs> but uh, wearing the black hat today, if you're listening, uh-huh, you yeah, the yeah. visual. But uh, you know. But yeah, it meant figuratively speaking, you wear mm-hmm. a lot of hats. Right. So um, there are all sorts of mm-hmm. things that would fill that extra in office time. Mm-hmm. Are you, you're here full time now? Right? I am. Yeah. Did so, you used to be part time? I was part-time until may and i've been full-time since may uh, and you got here in january i did yeah january, February, March, March. so when okay. i was when i was part-time i would sub more than i do now you I would sub less, more I would, yeah, yeah i yeah, spend yeah, more uh, time uh, like subbing and yeah, just yeah. like not in the office and then since i've been full-time subbing a little less i have more hours in the office mm-hmm. and helping out and so yeah how'd you get involved with this church yeah so <laughs> and how'd you get involved with kids we'll go there first actually because you're young I am, yeah. Uh, I had this thought recently. Why, why is it that the the youth or kids pastor is always like a young guy? Uh, as far as the ideal age for a student pastor, mm-hmm. um, I think you can at all ages be involved in student ministry. I've seen people mm-hmm. involved in student ministry from staff perspective. Uh, as young as like right out of high school and as old as like close to retirement age, right? Mm-hmm. So spanning like a full career. Mm-hmm. Um, most people for different practical reasons don't spend their whole career in student ministry. A lot of people mm-hmm. that are older find it harder to connect with students and that's totally natural and understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Personally, I think that the ideal student ministry has people of all ages investing in students mm-hmm. and so... If you're young and you're student pastor, then you want people that are older than you as part of your volunteer team. You know, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Uh, one of the most powerful groups to tap into are parents of mm-hmm, students, yeah. right? And so uh, students maybe feel like they can connect with me to some degree more than an older person because right, of my uh-huh, youth, uh-huh. and that's helpful in some situations. Mm-hmm. And also, they have if it's not their parents, parents of their friends or people that just have students there, you know, kids their age or older that are in the room also investing in them. And you get the wisdom that comes with that life experience and age as well. Mm -hmm. You know? So I think you want people of, of all ages Mm -hmm. as far as how I got involved in students ministry and working with kids. So when I was growing up, the church I grew up in, uh, you could volunteer and serve with groups. I think you had to be like three years older than them or something like that four years older maybe. Mm-hmm. And so when I was in junior high, I started serving in the children's ministry and enjoyed yeah. that. Well, when I got to 10th grade, yeah, I was entering 10th grade. I was old enough that I was allowed to serve with students. And uh, at the church that I grew up at, you had uh, they had a summer intern program 
for if you had if you were a college kid starting with like the summer after you graduate high mm -hmm. school and then for the next couple of years right and there were interns that it was a bigger church so they had a, a larger staff there were interns every summer that worked with student ministry so as someone who was in student ministry i just thought those interns were like the coolest people in the world <laughs> and i wanted to be one and so and and i i will let you know like i from even before then i had wanted to go into ministry that's been my mm -hmm. um had been my dream for as long as i could remember since i was a little kid really? was your was, was your parent were either of your parents pastors or no no they weren't but i wanted to be and mm -hmm. so um even as a as a little kid and so but but specifically going like oh students are really awesome mm -hmm. and, and just practically how did i find myself mm -hmm, here right mm -hmm. so i wanted to um be one of those interns and so um when i hit 10th grade i was old enough that i could start serving on sunday mornings with sixth graders mm -hmm. and so and, and junior high and high school at the church and met in different times and different spaces. Sure. So uh, there were some high schoolers that would help with the junior high mm -hmm. ministry stuff. So I started doing that. I started serving with, with a group of sixth graders. And then um, when they went to seventh grade and I was a junior, I served with seventh graders, right. the same kids. Then they were in eighth grade. I was a senior. Mm -hmm. And I served it, it, in their ministry settings and, and invested in them. And then I graduated when they were finishing eighth grade. And I came on staff. As, an, as a summer intern, right? And so then when I was in college in the summers, I would intern with the church, first with the junior hires. Then when they were in high school, I came back and I was high school intern, right? Mm -hmm. As a college kid. And all the while, like planning on a career in ministry, loving students at mm -hmm. that point, loving ministering to them, finished college, got a job at a church as a student pastor, right? And then that's practically, and then left that church eventually and came to Real Hope. Mm -hmm. um, so that's how I got into student ministry. Mm -hmm. uh, Real Hope specifically was, uh, so Ryan, one mm -hmm. of the founding pastors, mm -hmm. also taught at a seminary. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was a student at that seminary. And so I got to know him because he was one of my mm -hmm. professors. Mm -hmm. And he always talked about, or he would talk about from time to time, like the church that he pastored and the vision of that church. And I always thought it was awesome. And I was like, this is amazing. This church seems like the bee's knees. And so um <laughs> thought you might appreciate that one. So some bee related puns or whatever. Anyways, it's classic. So I just thought this church is awesome and it sounds really cool. And and I loved Ryan. He was a great professor. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I thought really highly of him mm -hmm. and enjoyed our conversations. Well What exactly about how he was describing the church drew you to it? Uh the so two things which if you read the our story page of our website, it talks mm -hmm. about these things. Uh two themes that really appealed to me were one, uh, Ryan's passion for and I don't want to say Ryan because it's become real mm -hmm. hope's passion mm -hmm. for meeting people where they're at, uh, for walking with people through seasons of doubt for uh, their passion for embracing um, people who are either have been hurt by the church or are intellectually just wrestling with their mm -hmm. faith mm -hmm. uh, and being a place for people like that to come and learn and grow. And so that was really appealing to me. And then also their passion for uh, their community, mm -hmm. right, for Rosenberg, Texas mm -hmm. and meeting the practical needs of the people around them and loving them in these really tangible ways. And so those two kind of dual themes really uh, grabbed my attention mm -hmm. and lined up with things that I was passionate about. And then I got married. Um, so while I was in school, after meeting Ryan, I got married to my lovely wife, Sydney, and 
she is a student at a different seminary getting her mm -hmm. counseling degree right now. Mm -hmm. And so they have a job posting board. And one day she just happened to be perusing it and saw that Real Hope was hiring a student pastor. And so she texted me and she was like, hey, babe, like, isn't this the church I've heard mm -hmm. you talk about before as being <laughs> like the church that would be like your dream to work here in, in someday and be a part of this. And I was like, as a matter of fact, it is like, let's go check it out. And so, um, we went to a service and we mm -hmm. prayed about it a lot over a period of several months and eventually decided that, um, this was something we wanted to be a part of. I applied for the job. Obviously they hired me or I wouldn't be here. <laughs> and then we yeah transitioned over in January to real hope. So that's how I landed here. Uh, so what did you study in school? So in college or in seminary? Uh, both. Both. So I was a full. I don't know anything about seminary, actually. Yeah, so I was There's a, a lot of, like, sorry, there's a lot no, of, like, kind of Christian cultural things, I guess, that, like, I just... That, that's not... That's, like... Do people outside of the church know what seminary is? I don't know. I'd, I've never heard anyone say seminary outside of the church. Outside sure. of, like, a Christian conversation, you know? Yeah, that's a great question. So... Um, briefly in college, I studied philosophy and then, Big in, brain. um, Big I don't know about that, but, uh, <laughs> but I studied philosophy. I still love philosophy. If you like are at my home, you'll see just like shelves of different philosophy. I, books can, I can corroborate that. Oh, that's right. Cause you've been to my house. You, you've dog sat for us and you've seen, yeah, the bookshelves for so. listeners. He has two giant floor to ceiling bookshelves just filled with books. Yep. Um, I do. And we're closer to three shelves now, actually. Really? Dang, dude. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyways, I, uh, so study philosophy, seminary, got my MDiv, stands for Masters of Divinity, which sounds really fancy and like, mm -hmm. oh, the Master of the Divine. <laughs> it's it's the degree that most pastors, mm -hmm. if they go to, if they get a degree, a graduate degree, that's usually what it is. Um, seminary, yeah, it's something mostly known in church circles. Mm -hmm. Because it is where you go to study theology, um, and so it's where you go for training to be a pastor. Uh, but there are a lot of other degrees seminary offers, so mm -hmm. you can get a degree in theology, you can get a degree in Christian education, you can get a degree in Christian leadership, mm -hmm. a, a different degrees, different programs, different sure. seminaries, right? They don't all have all the programs. Mm -hmm. um, your Master of Divinity or, is kind of your catch-all going to be a jack of all trades study a bit of everything degree and that's mm -hmm. why a lot of like lead pastors or yeah. a lot of pastors in general have it mm -hmm. um to just be equipped or for ministry not that you need to i firmly believe you don't need to go um to seminary to be in ministry mm -hmm. but that's the the in the master of divinity is the degree that a lot of people get but you also like my wife's the seminary that she's at she's getting a counseling degree right and so um, and, and to be li a licensed counselor mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. by the same governing and licensing boards that anybody that went and got a counseling degree right. at a non-Christian institution mm -hmm. would get, right? So, so it's just putting the word Christian in front of it as an oversimplification. Yeah. And her actually, her degree doesn't even have their degree program. It's just Master of Arts in Counseling. Mm. It's not even putting the word Christian over mm -hmm. it. So um, but at that point being, there, there are some degrees that are very explicitly theological. There are mm -hmm. some degrees that are um, at seminaries that are mm -hmm. the same types of things you would study at other at secular institutions, but through like a biblical worldview or Christian lens. Mm -hmm. So it just depends. Um, yeah. Cool. Interesting. The more you know, I just didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally worth asking about. 
Um, okay, cool. So that's like how you got here. That's kind of what you're doing uh, presently. Well, there's a few other things that you're doing presently. The um, We just started a new ministry. Does that qualify as a ministry? Is that how we talk about it? Talk about what you haven't told me the, what the thing of the, is. Uh, the, the oh yeah, yeah thing yeah, that we did last. Yeah, yeah. So we just launched a tutoring program. Tutoring, that's the yeah, word. So we're offering free tutoring to students in the community. I would say that absolutely qualifies as a ministry mm-hmm. because uh, this. I just is, don't know. Is that like when we talk about it, we're like, yeah, the tutoring ministry is that how we I refer would, to it as? Uh, yeah, I would, okay, I see what you're saying. <laughs> I, I would probably not put ministry in the name. Yeah, yeah, I'd uh-huh. call it like a tutoring program. Yeah, yeah, but it is, I think. Sure, it absolutely uh-huh. is a ministry, mm-hmm. a form of ministry. And mm-hmm. so it's a way that we can meet a need of uh, students in our community. It's a way that we can make relational connection with them. And through them also, it's a way for us to connect with parents and, mm-hmm. and talk to them. And so we're just starting to get that off the ground. So right. it'll be a while for that to really gain steam and come mm-hmm. into its own. Mm-hmm. But yes, that's, that's something new mm-hmm. that we're doing. And that's part of mm-hmm. being the family pastors, right. overseeing this program that mm-hmm. is is helping us to meet the needs of and connect with mm-hmm. students and their parents in in our neighborhood. Right. So. And so what's your vision for that? Like what, um, I guess not the end goal because that's kind of a continuing thing, but what's your vision for that program? Well, we'd love to see it grow where we were full of students. So I think it would accomplish several things, some of which I just mentioned, which is you know, one, first and foremost, uh, let's meet a need in our community. Mm-hmm. This is a need in our community. Kids need help with school. Let's do that for them sure. for free. So it's something that, that anybody could afford to, to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's connect with students in a relational way while we're doing it. So it's not just all about doing school. It's also about getting to know the people that are coming through uh, our doors. It's about connecting with parents who are trying to help their kids succeed in school, but mm-hmm. kids who are oftentimes struggling. Let's get to know them along the way and f- see if there are other needs that we can meet of theirs. Uh, let's make real connection with them. We can invite them into Real Hope and see if they want to come join us. And if not, that's okay. And if they do, that's awesome too. Um, but let's be loving on them wherever they're at. Uh, it's also an opportunity for our people. We have so many people at Real Hope who. Um, want to have a heart for our community. That's part of why they're here. And so when I'm running ministries at schools, because you, I'm doing that during the day, during the week, the work week, and because you need certain you know, trainings or whatever to be, like as a substitute teacher, for instance, that's a way I can minister to our mm-hmm. community as well. Um, well, I had to get licensed as a sub. And so you can't just grab anyone from the church any given day and say, Hey, just come to this school. Mm -hmm. Right. You can't Mm -hmm. just take strange adults and be like, Hey, (laughs) go to this school. Right. So, so a big part of tutoring as well, as far as it engages with us as a church and our people at the church is wanting to provide a platform for our congregation to mobilize, to love on these students. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, wanting to give opportunities for our people to use their gifts and their talents and their passion for mm-hmm. our community and students in our community and to give them a platform to engage with, um, with those students mm-hmm. is part of the, part of the vision as well. Mm-hmm. How has that been marketed thus far? Like, how are we promoting the, yeah, the tutoring? Uh-huh. So yeah. we've put up flyers around town, uh, the big it, social media, obviously everything is pushed on social media yeah. these days from every organization of the world. Mm-hmm. It feels like, uh, the biggest thing, which is also taking the longest, but I think will be hopefully most effective mm-hmm. is we're starting to, I've been in talks with schools that I've built relationship with over mm-hmm. the last year, mm-hmm. talking to them about what we're offering and 
asking them to partner with us in promoting and communicating mm. with parents. Mm -hmm. So if the schools themselves can communicate to parents that this is an opportunity, then mm. we're confident we'll see some kiddos show up. And yeah. we're right near, I would say, maybe this is hopeful, because there's lots of red tape with a school promoting an event that's not affiliated with the school, especially mm. one that's taking place at a church. Right? Yeah, uh-huh. But I think we're getting very close to the finish line of like working through those bureaucratic steps and mm. talking to different people, passing information along to other people at the school to get to the point where I think we're finally close to the point where this info is going to start, you know, hitting mm -hmm, parents mm -hmm. inboxes mm -hmm. and, and they're going to start becoming made aware of it. Mm. So we're very, very excited about that. Who's doing the actual tutoring and what like age such grade ranges so for now sixth to twelfth grade mm -hmm. uh, can come in uh, the tutoring is being done myself and we have a whole team of volunteers from real hope that mm -hmm. are stepping up and wanting to help out with that when and where is the the tutoring happening tutoring happens first and third sundays of every month mm -hmm. here at real hope mm -hmm. from 1 to 2 30 p.m what was the uh calculus i'll say <laughs> what was the calculus behind that uh um, picking that time. Yeah. So we wanted to pick early in the Sunday afternoons because people who do attend church are out of church by that time. Sure. So it's available. Extracurriculars are not happening on Sundays typically. Mm -hmm. Okay. Take that back. Certain extracurriculars not related to the school. Like mm -hmm, if you're on mm -hmm. club baseball or club soccer yeah, team, yeah. you'll do stuff on Sundays. But for the most part, mm -hmm. this is the day of the week with the least going on, which means people are most available. Mm. highest percent chance that your place of work is closed on a sure. Sunday of any yeah. day of the week. And so uh, we wanted to pick a time, basically we wanted to pick a time a week that we thought most people would be most available mm. to come. Um, and so that's why we picked mm. when, when we did. Cool. Um, is there anything else that we're, that you're working on presently that falls under your jurisdiction specifically? Um, specifically that's a great question well i'm just a lot of what i'm doing right now is learning our kids ministry because mm -hmm. that's new to me mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. um any and everything to mm -hmm. the kids ministry and then there are yeah. well what does that involve because previously so bruce was the kids pastor yes what was he before that he was the next gen next gen pastor yeah <laughs> that's just a funny name that feels like gen z <laughs> it's fun it, 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 in that role is uh -huh. like, it's very similar to what i'm uh -huh. doing right so so he was he was the next gen pastor and then he was the kids pastor and then and then now he's not on staff right sure and so you took on how much of the responsibility of the things that he was doing all of it all of it okay yeah so i absorbed the stuff that mm -hmm. that he was doing before are you going to be working over here during service on Sundays now? Or yeah, I was like here last Sunday. Right, right, right. But are um, you going to be doing that every Sunday? Uh, we will see if it is every Sunday yeah, or yeah. not, but like definitely frequently. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because whenever Bruce was not. doing that, him and Elise, they'd be over here pretty frequently, and we'd miss him in service. And so I'm like, oh, no, is the same thing going to happen to Zach? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to be in service from time to time, mm -hmm. but a lot of that will be dependent on how many volunteers sure. we have. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know, what does that schedule look mm -hmm. like? And early on, I'm definitely going to be here on Sunday mornings mm -hmm. so that I can, you know, integrate with our volunteers, learn the system, become more comfortable with what we're doing, and, mm -hmm. you know, get a good feel for what's going on. 
which I've started to do obviously before taking on the role, but mm -hmm. it's like taking the training wheels off whenever you go from like observing how mm -hmm. children's ministry is run to mm -hmm. running it. Right. But yeah. So anything else that falls under your jurisdiction you care to share? Um, I, there are one or two things that are completely unrelated. And that's what I talk about wearing many hats to specifically family ministry. Mm -hmm. uh, two other things I do are first time guest follow up, prayer mm -hmm. request follow up. So if you, fill out a connection card it's mm -hmm. your first time here mm -hmm. or you fill out a prayer request on the connection card uh, you'll get a handwritten card in the mail just um addressing your your prayer request or inviting you back to church and letting you know that we really do care and we really are excited that you're joining us uh, that you chose to come visit us for the mm -hmm. first time and i'm the person who's in charge of of doing that mm -hmm. and then also you got uh, we, good handwriting not really <laughs> but it's okay <laughs> And then we have a class called Christianity 101 mm -hmm. that we offer a couple times a year. Mm -hmm. This upcoming Sunday is one of those times. You mm -hmm. were there the last time mm -hmm. we had Christianity 101. So, um, yeah. it's I would go to this one. I'm going to be busy, unfortunately. That no day. worries. No worries, man. But uh, so I, I teach Christianity 101. It's a class covering the, the foundational, tr the fundamentals of the faith in terms of what does it look like for me uh, to walk with Jesus? Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Um, and so what does it mean to be a Christian? What comes next if I decide that I want to be? So uh, we offer it for people who aren't believers, who want to know more about what is Christianity? What does this mean to follow Jesus? Uh, we want people who are new in their faith mm -hmm. to come and get a better feel for, okay, I have a relationship with Jesus. I've placed my faith in Christ, but what does that really mm -hmm. mean? What comes next for me as a believer? We talk about that. And then also, if you have been a believer for a long time, but you're okay, I could use a refresher to get back to the mm -hmm. basics. Mm -hmm. And so that group encompasses pretty much all people. And so yeah. we think it's a class for everybody. Mm -hmm. but. One thing I would love to do in the future of this podcast is record the, the Christianity 101 and the Pie with the Pastors. Oh, yeah. And have those like recorded and put those up. I think that'd be really cool. That would be cool. I'd love to do that. Um, cool. Let's, uh, before we wrap up, um, let's talk about some things that are happening in the church in, um, here coming up in the end of the year. Um, just like kind of general announcements. You said this Sunday we have the... Uh, Christianity 101. How do people sign up for that? You can sign up by texting. So we have a, a church phone number. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't you don't know it off the top of your head? I know the, no, I know the number. 281. It's 281-771-0997. Okay, cool. Just what making sure. What I'm trying to remember <laughs> is the keyword that you text. Because uh, it's the same phone number for all mm -hmm. our things, but I don't remember. Isn't it 101? I think you might be right. And if you're not, I'm not going to double check you. I'm just going to say thanks for saving me on this one. Text 101 and hope that it works. I'll be disappointed. I, I think it's number. C101 is what it is. It might be. It's I think it's C101. Like I'll put the link down below in the show notes to um, uh, to the church website. And it should yeah, be Yeah, and you can find it there. And and, if, and the thing is we accept walk-ins as well. Yeah. So like last time we did Christianity 101, I think one person signed up and then nine people showed up <laughs> and that's totally fine. Right. Yeah, uh -huh. So yeah, that's how you, how you get involved. So that's coming up this Sunday. We have, um, breaking bread. So mm, one of our mm -hmm. ministry partners is attack poverty. They're right down the road from us. Friends of North Rosenberg campuses, mm -hmm. at least they're awesome. Uh, they're putting on an event called breaking bread on November 18th, where we are serving uh, lunch to members of our community. And then just getting to know them, hear their stories, spend good relational quality time with them. And we're helping out as a church. And so that's coming up. There are a couple things in December uh, coming up, but we have not, 
finalized mm-hmm. all those mm-hmm. plans yeah, to yeah. make those announcements yet. Right. And so some of those have to do with Luis's you know, role as community pastor. So I don't want to step on his toes and yeah, say yeah, anything yeah. that's not. Yeah, we talked about yet. that last week. Yeah. So, but we have, yeah, we have some good stuff coming up there as well. And then obviously uh, we have tutoring a couple more times mm-hmm. coming mm-hmm. up. Uh, there's a board game group at the church mm-hmm. that meets on Sunday, this Sunday as well, meets once a month. So we'll have that a few more times. So when did you say the tutoring was, you said second and first and third Sunday, first and third. Yeah. So then we'll have it on November 19th and we'll have it on December 3rd. Mm -hmm. And then we would have it on December 17th regularly, but we don't because school's out by that point. Yeah. uh And so there's no need to send kids to tutoring when there's no school going on. You'd be overachieving. Well, I won't be there for that. (laughs) Um, No one's going to want to do that right before Christmas. So we're not doing, we're Uh we're not doing it that Mm -hmm. day, but. Yeah. With the tutoring, can people text? Is there a keyword to text to the church um, number for that? It's or different. They... So you can go on our church website, uh-huh. realhopecc.org slash tutoring, mm-hmm. or just go to the ministries tab and then mm-hmm. select tutoring. Again, the and link's down below in the show notes. And then you can register for tutoring. There's a link um, in the website mm-hmm. that you can use to register. That's a different sign-up form and type of software. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, Was there anything else you wanted to... To say, share, talk about before we, before we go. Um, nothing comes to mind if 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 you don't have <laughs> any more that. questions. That's kind of who we are. Is my role in the church, mm-hmm. right? I guess my story, my part in what mm-hmm. happens uh, here at Real Hope. Um, love being here. It's an awesome church. If you're listening, you should come check us out if you haven't already. And uh, thanks, Kevin, for having me on and mm-hmm. taking the time. But I'm gonna eat lunch now because I'm hungry. <laughs> it's cool. Same. Twelve thirty. So. All right. Cool. All right, man. Appreciate it. Um, I wish you guys had a dirt mic so I can just sit down. We could. Just hop on in. Dude, we'll you, do could snug, you could snuggle up right, yeah. right here. We could share a microphone. <laughs> they pick it up, I think. I, I love community pa- being pa- a community pastor, but we're not doing that. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I don't know that I've ever eaten a banana pepper. Like raw or at all? Just at all. Mm. Uh, here's the deal. So my first job was working Subway. And okay. thank you, mm. sir. Let me try this real quick. Good. Not too close to the microphone. Uh, this is going in the episode. <laughs> it's good. But anyways, we're talking about the age of the church, right? <laughs>